It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. The Carolina Panthers are back home on Sunday facing off against an NFC North team on Christmas Eve. Let's go back to last year on Christmas Eve when the Panthers hosted an NFC North team. Remember what happened? Can it happen again? We'll break it all down on this Locked On NFL Crossover Thursday edition of Locked On Panthers. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers and Locked On Packers podcast. We are a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where you can check me out, Julian Council, the host of Locked On Panthers, and him, Peter Bukowski, the host of Locked On Packers. Talk about the Panthers and Packers, respectively, every Monday through Friday. Your team every day is our motto here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Check us out on YouTube or wherever you follow your favorite podcast. Free and available everywhere and be sure to check me out julian council on twitter at julian council and him peter bukowski on twitter at peter underscore bukowski today's locked on crossover thursday episode is brought to you by prize picks the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports go to pricepicks.com slash locked on nfl and use code all in lowercase locked on nfl for a first deposit match up to $100 on Sunday afternoon, Christmas Eve. The 2-12 Carolina Panthers will face off against the 6-8 Green Bay Packers at Bank of America Stadium in Uptown Charlotte. Peter, how excited are you for this holiday affair? Man, you you deserve a Christmas bonus for selling this game that much. I really appreciate it. Uh, no, the, the, the thing that is fun, if you're, if you're going to point to something as just a casual NFL fan, and I don't think we have a ton of those, as listeners, like if you're a Locked On Podcast Network listener, you're probably pretty hardcore, and that's awesome. But Bryce Young and Jordan Love is a pretty cool story. These two guys who are trying to to make their way in the NFL. Um, you know, I, I think that Bryce Young coming into the year was going to have a much longer lease than than Jordan Love, and thank goodness for that for him. Um, and and Jordan Love was probably going to have a much shorter leash, and he's performed well in in that role. But you know, he's a 2020 draft class. And Bryce Bryce Young is is 2023. So there's there's that big difference there. And I think we've seen over the course of the season where that's come into play. But also, and this is something that I'm so excited to talk to you about, Julian, yeah. is the is the difference in team building for these two teams um, and the approaches that they've taken. I'll, I'll get to that in a second. But post Frank Reich and and the changes that have made here, like this has been a pretty game Panthers team. Over the last couple of weeks, what is the what has been the biggest difference that you've seen there? Like that has to be one of the storylines in in Charlotte right now, yeah? yeah. Yes and no. It's good that they finally were able to get a win again on Sunday in that really just messy rain soaked affair yeah. against the Falcons. It was in front of dozens rainy. and dozens of fans. Yes, well, it, it was the third rainiest game in franchise history, <laughs> and the number one rainiest game occurred back in 2013 when the Panthers uh, beat the Saints. The year the Panthers went 12 and four, and that was a sellout crowd and one of the loudest that stadium's ever been. So I do not begrudge anyone who did not want to sit out in 40 degree weather watching what was yeah. then a one in 12 football team, and, and the prices were like four dollars. But knowing That's how ticket 
Ticketmaster <laughs> likes to screw us over. It's probably really a three hundred dollar ticket after fees, so I don't blame anybody. But yeah, they've been. That's why Game Time, by the way. That's why go use Game Time. You'll see the full price up front. Oh, absolutely. I, and I use game time for a bit I'm going to on Wednesday night or I went to on Wednesday night. So I appreciate our partners there. Uh, but as far as like their competitiveness, of course, to get the win against Atlanta, how good are the Falcons? Mm, they're not that great. Have a negative point differential at this point in time in the season. Mm-hmm. They're probably now out of the NFC South title race as long along with the NFC wildcard race, even if they're only a game out. I just don't see that happening now going back to Taylor Heineke and where that team stands and the fact they lost to the two and 12 Carolina Panthers. The defense has played well offensively. They've started to run the football better, but there's still a lot to be desired as far as the passing game goes. But I did like Bryce Young able to complete 75% of his passes and put together a game winning drive for the second time this season against the Falcons on Sunday afternoon. So I'm interested to see if he can stack good performances in back-to-back weeks and kind of see how he stacks up against a guy in Jordan Love, who I've seen bits and pieces of him. I saw the Kansas City game, which of course is controversial, the ending there, a little bit of the game against the Giants. I know the Packers lost that. How are fans feeling about Jordan Love? How's the organization feeling about Jordan Love through 14 games so far this season? I think those are, of course, two different cohorts. And so we have to remember that um, what is happening in the fan base is very rarely what is happening inside the organization, right? Sure. This is this is just how this works. But interestingly, uh, I say all that to say, I think it's in a very similar place. I think the, the confidence right now in Jordan Love is very high. And that when the, the season started, that was certainly not the case. Uh, and, I'm, and I'm not sure, frankly, Julian, it was the case in either cohort. Like, I don't know if the front office and the coaching staff were totally sold on Jordan Love. And certainly the fan base was not totally sold on Jordan Love. If you'd ask this fan base about Halloween, how they were feeling about Jordan Love, probably would not have been so great. Um, that being said, uh, one of our our um, media friends, Jake Morley, um, over at Packer Report, does a poll every week. And the poll, it's on Twitter, and it's just, is Jordan Love, yes, no. And so he's been tracking the, this is basically an approval rating, right? Um, right. Tracking the approval rating. And basically over the last, since Halloween, essentially, um, we're talking about 90 plus percent of the votes on yes. And so part of that is because he's just been a different quarterback. Like he's improved so much in the areas where you have to see quarterbacks improve. The deep ball was a big problem early on. He's now one of the most efficient and effective deep ball throwers in the league Um, from the clean pocket. That's one of those key stats. We talked about this yesterday on Locked on Packers. He was making mistakes from a clean pocket when it was good and, and there for him. This is something, by the way, I think Bryce Young, already does pretty well is from a clean pocket. Let's just find the guy and hit him and throw an accurate ball. All of a sudden, since week nine, he's been one of the best quarterbacks in the league from a clean pocket. And that was true. Once again, on Sunday, Um, the the defense has just been such a mess. That has been such a huge problem for them. Yeah, It, 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 it is one of those things. And if you go back to 2018, the Packers were having a, a forgettable season. That was Mike McCarthy and Aaron Rodgers. They lose to Josh Rosen and the Arizona Cardinals, who were, I believe, winless at the time, or maybe maybe had one win. They looked absolutely atrocious. They end up getting Kyler Murray because they were the worst team in the league. Mike McCarthy got fired because of, essentially because of losing that game and how they looked. This has the same sort of vibe with Joe Barry, where if they look bad again, and God forbid they lose this game, just from a Packers standpoint, yeah. uh, I think you have to see changes made. And I do think, and I said this to our our guest yesterday, Lily Zhao, if they lose to the Panthers, 
I don't think internally there will be pressure on Matt LaFleur, but I do think externally, I think the media will start to go, hey, wait a second. Like this this team three weeks ago, what looked like they were going to be a 10 or 11 win team. And now they're not even going to be a 500 team. What what the hell happened? And it's not going to be it's not going to be the prettiest. I'm telling you that right now, Julian. And 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 that's just like that's just one of those things. Um, I, I, I don't I don't mean to like drag the the Panthers with that, but that's just the reality of the two teams right now. Like it it is the kind of game where you, if you're the Packers, you have to win it. Oh, absolutely. Panthers are 12 and two are two and 12. They're not a good football team. We, we all understand that. And we've already seen what happened when you lose with the Falcons. Desmond Ritter, you throw one of the worst interceptions we're going to see all season long. Ugh. You lose your starting job again. That's just, it's as simple as that, man. The game was over. If they kick a field goal, I don't know if Carolina is going to get down the field and actually run out the clock like they did. Uh, there would have been a little bit more game pressure on them, of course, knowing that you had to score a touchdown and the Panthers have not been very successful in doing that since Thomas Brown has been the play caller. Peter, we're talking about six games. This man has been the play caller here in Carolina and five touchdowns. Three Oof. of those games, they did not score a touchdown. That includes the game on Sunday, which makes it all the more hilarious. Knowing who the opponent was too, being Atlanta, the Panthers won that game without scoring a touchdown in those Incredible. conditions. So yeah, if, if the Packers lose this game, I think it's only fair that someone probably loses their job because that's what should happen when you lose to a team as bad as Carolina Panthers. Now, the vibes have been good so far this week. So I'm not trying to obviously be negative about the Panthers, but you're right. It's just the reality. This is not a good football team. Oh, they've been pretty bad in Green Bay, let me tell you. (laughs) (laughs) And when you you lose a bad football team, bad things uh, are likely to happen. But I want to talk about some of those matchups because I did have a listener ask me about the Packers defense uh, on my mailbag episode on Wednesday and whether this could be a breakout game for Bryce Young. I looked at some of the numbers. It's possible. But I am concerned about one matchup in particular. So look at some of the matchups, some of the key players in this. God, this Christmas Eve showdown between the 2 and 12 Panthers. Sell it. I love it. Sell it. In eight Packers (laughs) here in just a moment on Locked on Panthers and Locked on Packers. As the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay hot on FanDuel. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Last week, I told Falcon fans to go ahead, put down that $5 and you'll get your money. Didn't happen. Packer fans, are you willing to do it? Are you willing to make that risk? Panthers are hot. Never know, but not really. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action than right now. The NFL playoff picture is heating up. Got the NBA going on, men's and women's college basketball. The NHL, if that's your thing, you got the college bowl season. Are there too many bowl games? Not if you're a betting man. There's not enough bowl games. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season, which we kicked off 16 weeks ago. FanDuel. Official partner of the NFL. Hey guys, it's Joe Marino. Being around sports media and a fan of the Buffalo Bills for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one yard line with the Super Bowl on the line or Could a coin flip have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former SportsCenter anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. 
Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what-if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, and new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts, and you can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. Back here on Locked On Panthers and Locked On Packers. It's yet another Locked On NFL Crossover Thursday presented by our friends over at Price Picks. Julian Council here with you, the host of Locked On Panthers, joined by Peter Bukowski, the host of Locked On Packers, breaking down this NFC matchup on Christmas Eve. And the last time there was a Christmas Eve game here at Bank of America Stadium in Charlotte a year ago, the Panthers did face off against an NFC North opponent in the Detroit Lions and the Carolina Panthers, who had a struggling offense last year like they do now, had the highest total yardage output in franchise history. Could that be a repeat on Sunday afternoon? If it does, then your friend Barry may no longer have a job there yep. in Green Bay. Peter, let's look at some of the matchups and some of the players heading into this game on Sunday. What matchup are you in particular looking at from the Packers' perspective uh, on Sunday afternoon in this game? Yeah, it would not be a very Merry Christmas if uh, if that were to happen. Ah, I'm so, love I'm it. So sorry. I'm so sorry. Um, <laughs> no, uh, the thing that I, that I'm that I'm watching here is. Uh, the Packers with their defense, of course, um, it was absolutely shredded by Baker Mayfield. One of the worst performances you will see all season by a defense, just, just by alignment, like forget execution, just by you are, you have a call that makes no sense for the circumstance. You have a philosophy that makes no sense for the circumstance on third and three, you're, you're playing quarters with corners at six and seven yard depth bailing like why for what this was the this was the most damning stat for me julian chris godwin 12 targets 10 catches right chris godwin's a good player like that there's nothing it's not chris godwin eats you up it's not a big deal right average separation in the game this is next gen stats was over four yards over four yards with an average depth of target at eight yards that is actually impossible. Like the math doesn't math on that. And the reason is the average cushion that he was being given was over seven yards. That's just free access. That's just My free God. money. Like you can't down in and down out be showing, be throwing short and still having your corners play at depth. It just doesn't make sense. And it's, it's pretty frustrating watching. I, I like don't generally get mad at stuff because I'm just sort of like, why this just as a football fan, like take the Packers part of this out of it. If like when I see the chargers doing it, it bugs me too. Um, the, the Brandon Staley stuff was just like nuts. Um, I, I just don't understand the plan. I don't, I don't understand the plan. And as you said, like this, this is a potential get right game for Bryce young, just because this defense has been so porous the last few weeks. Like you can say Bryce young has been, you know, a below expectation. You can say, um, you know, the playmakers stink. By the way, the playmakers stink. But like that was yes. true in New York, and they couldn't stop Tommy DeVito. So you don't have a lot of faith right now. This this defense is built to stop Patrick Mahomes. And guess what? The Packers did a pretty decent job stopping Patrick Mahomes. They got run on by Isaiah Pacheco. Yeah, they won the game. It's it's and they won because the offense played well. Yes, this defense doing what they did the last two weeks again has to be 
the biggest concern that that I have uh, from a Packers standpoint. I, I want to get into the matchups part of this by by sort of flipping this around because yeah, the Packers decided they were going to go all young first and second year pass catchers exclusively on this team, and it's worked. It's worked. This is a top ten offense by E paper play, eleventh I believe by DVOA. They've been a good, not just like an above average offense, a good offense this season with all of those young guys. What have you made of the approach that the Panthers took? going a little bit more with some veterans like Adam Thielen being the the top target getter on this team, DJ Chark, you bring him in. Like do, was that in retrospect the way to go with this team? I had to go back and listen to what I said back on March 10th when the Panthers made that trade up to number 1 and sent DJ Moore to the Bears. I didn't want to come back on here and tell people something that I didn't actually say. So going back and listening to it, I was not a fan of the move to send DJ Moore. And having gone through this season, I'm still not a fan of sending <laughs> DJ Moore to the Bears while also understanding because context is important. That deal does not get done without DJ Moore being a part of it because the yeah. Bears wanted to pair their young rookie, well, not rookie quarterback, their quarterback on a rookie salary like a rookie. with a, yes, with a top tier wide receiver. And because that's what you do. You want to see whether you have yeah. the right guy. And the best way to do it is to put weapons around him. And of course, the Carolina Panthers have not done that with Bryce Young. Now, I also said at the time too, like, let's give it a week to see where the world's at after kind of the first round of free agency to see who the Carolina Panthers had brought in. And by that point in time, they had brought in Adam Thielen, which has worked out wonders, especially considering the expectation. And I felt like at age 33, and I always feel gross saying this, I'm only 30 at age 33, this is about as good as you would expect out of Adam Thielen. I thought he could give you something. My concern is at age 34, which he'll be here again next year, what are you getting out of Adam Thielen and what's around Adam Thielen at wide receiver? Because he can't be your pseudo number one for two years in a row. And then they also brought in Hayden Hurst, who's now out for the season with concussion yep. issues. And God bless him, because what he's talking about seems to be pretty serious. But he did not really fulfill that pass-catching tight end role that we thought was going to happen here in Carolina, especially in that Frank Reich offense that has loved to utilize the tight end in the past and even marrying the concepts that Thomas Brown was bringing over from L.A., where we've seen tight ends have success in a McVay offense. So looking at it on paper, you could see maybe more options when you factor in those guys, bringing in DJ Chark, Miles Sanders, who it's been a while since he actually was a threat out of the backfield in the passing game. But there felt like there's more options than there were at the end of the 2022 season when it was just DJ Moore and then sometimes Terrace Marshall, who has been a a healthy scratch for five weeks in a row here in Carolina, former second yeah. round pick in 2021. So yes, in hindsight, it, it wasn't great. And even when it played out, didn't seem great. Now what the Carolina Panthers have to do, obviously, is they have to find someone to put in that wide receiver room along with Jonathan Mingo, who's had his moments the last couple of weeks, the second round rookie out yeah. of Ole Miss. Kid. Feeling, but they got to find a number one. I just found it comical when the trade deadline was coming up and there was reports about, oh, the Panthers want to acquire a number one receiver. Who the hell is sending you a number one receiver in October? And also they had one. <laughs> Remember, you they had, had one. one. <laughs> you had one. And the, the, the problem really is that they did this in a very poor wide receiver market and people can go back and say, Oh, why didn't they go get Deandre Hopkins? And well, I mean, Hopkins has been fine. It's not like he's been, does he really changed that much for the Carolina Panthers this season? I don't think so. And then seeing what he got from Tennessee, Carolina wasn't going to spend that kind of money. They wouldn't even spend that yeah. kind of money 
on Leonard Floyd, who could have helped them out in the pass rush as they instead brought in Justin Houston, who asked for his release after holding a grand total of a half a sack this season. So the Panthers weren't really trying to be big spenders in the first place. I appreciated a lot of the deals weren't that much that you could get out of them after a year, maybe two. But of course, they got to find a number one. And it's probably going to have to be free agency, maybe targeting a guy like T. Higgins, if you truly believe he's number one, right? Michael Pittman. But it's going to probably cost him because I don't think Indianapolis or Cincinnati are letting those guys go for free. They would be dumb to do it, uh, but I don't think it's going to happen. So it's going to be difficult to see how they build this team. And before you even get there, who's going to be the general manager? Is it going to be Scott Fitter yeah. still? He's been given no assurances that he's going to be back next season. My whole thing is, okay, we well, got three games left in the season. You fired... Frank Reich three weeks ago, what exactly is going to change the next three weeks that's going to magically change David Tepper's mind about keeping Scott Fitter around? If he was going to be gone, why wasn't he gone three weeks ago? Why is he still here right now? So to me, it feels like he's going to be sticking around here in Carolina, which I don't know if that's the, the best decision, but it's been a collaborative process throughout the roster building. Reich, there's players that he wanted, like DJ Chark, who had a great catch on Sunday to help them win the game, but has been obviously not good for Carolina. There's yeah. players that Jero Averro, the DC, wanted, namely DJ Johnson, the player that they trade up in the third round to get as an edge rusher, and he's given them absolutely nothing so far as a 25-year-old project at edge rusher. Yeah, it's uh, going to be an interesting offseason, Peter, to figure out what this team's going to do. Just and it's say. hard to, right, because, you know, the Packers were able to, to leverage multiple second-round picks into Jaden Reed and, and Luke Musgrave, and they've been huge for them, but also, like, Tucker Craft. Dontavian Wicks, Malik Heath, like they found a multitude of players. When you trade yeah. half your draft away to get Bryce Young, it's hard then to supplement with other young pieces. What they needed was Terrace Marshall to be better than he's been. They needed Tommy Tremble to become more. I mean, he's a nice player, but yeah. like more of a difference maker than he's become. He's someone that I'm that I'm pretty sure, um, based on what I've been told, that the Packers were were pretty into um, in, in terms of what he could be for this offense. The other thing that I am that I am looking at in terms of opportunities to exploit matchups, um, this Panthers passing defense has been pretty solid, um, right? Like middle of the pack in terms of DVOA, EPA per play. Like that's on a team that overall stinks in terms of like record and overall stats. That's that's good, right? Like that's 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 doing that's doing something nice. Oh, yeah. run defensively, defense. they've been run defense, pretty. Julian. Like. There are two teams allowing positive EPAs per rush. Like rushing is generally not a positive EPA per play play. Two teams. And the Panthers are twice as worse as the 31st team in rush EPA. Like that, that's pretty bad. Uh, yeah. So what's, what's, how are they finding that balance? What's working and, and then what is not? Because I feel like teams that have not been able to stop the Packers ground attack have really struggled because then they get into the play action game and they have cooked people with the play-action game. Well, we've seen – the last couple of weeks have had success uh, stopping the run. New Orleans did not do very much on them two weeks ago, and then you look at the game on Sunday where yeah. you knew – Well, New Orleans can't run on anybody, but it's better yeah. when you when you do it against Atlanta, then, then you start to say, okay, that's nice. Oh, yeah, and in Atlanta – I mean, Atlanta, when the rushing against Carolina, only had 1.7 yards per carry. The Panthers, yeah. the Panthers' run game has been better the last couple of weeks. And I got some of those stats that I actually want to get to here shortly when we talk about kind of what must go right. But the, they defensively, Derek Brown's been awesome. Brian Burns has statistically not been as impressive as he was a year ago. But you look at the other guys' position group at edge rusher, he has been miles better than any of all of them combined. So the defense, they're great when it comes to total yardage get allowed. Not great in the red zone. Don't get takeaways. They got two. 
last week, and that was the difference in the game. And it'll be interesting to see what they're able to do that again on Sunday against the Green Bay Packers. But let's get into more of the game here on the other side. We'll look at what needs to go right for the Packers, other than the fact they need a win so they can stay uh, in the <laughs> NFC uh, playoff race. And what needs to go right for the Carolina Panthers, who, you know, let's just play spoiler again for the second week in a row. We'll talk about that here on this Locked on NFL crossover Thursday edition of Locked on Panthers and Locked on Packers next whenever the game clock stops that's time to order in with doordash order pizza wings soda burgers or even just buns on doordash and get it all delivered without missing the game score football seasons best deals on groceries restaurants retail and more all your favorite restaurants and stores from retail to grocery are on the app so you can shop everything you need to get game day ready stock up on your favorite appetizers and order all your tailgate gear on doordash to get ready to watch your team win that is if you're a packers fan really a fan of any team that's not named the Carolina Panthers this season and I love a lot of spots here in Charlotte locally that use DoorDash got Hawthorne Pizza nearby go there all the time got Yafo been hit up Mama Ricotta's a ton recently you guys can also do that by going to DoorDash get 50% off up to you a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKED23 subject to change terms apply that's 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in inner code lock 23 again subject change terms apply hi i'm jake from locked on think of all the amazing things in life that are expressions of you your favorite football team what you wear to the playoff watch party that song that you stream over and over to get you pumped up for the gym or the recommendations that you share with your friends on the top six comedy podcasts that are best to listen to on a long road trip or even your new haircut which may or may not be an epic ball cut from the 90s and hopefully is Everything that makes you, you makes all the difference. State Farm believes insurance should work the same way. Your plan, your coverage selections can be personalized by you. And the ability to choose the plan you want by picking the options that fit you, like choosing to bundle your home and auto policies, is what the State Farm personal price plan is all about. Getting the coverage you want at an affordable price just for you. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. All right, Peter, we're almost there. We're almost to Sunday, Christmas Eve. The big day <laughs> is coming up on Monday for some. Marquee matchup. <laughs> cannot wait. It, it's Hey, the Panthers, they might be 2-12, and 12, but you cannot tell the story of the NFL season in the NFC playoff picture without talking about the Carolina Panthers. They've already got one victim. That was the Atlanta Falcons last Sunday. Did they get a second victim this week? Did they get one again next week against Jacksonville? And then week 18, I've talked about this. Got Baker Mayfield coming to town. We know how things played out with him last year. I have no really ill thoughts about Baker. I've loved Baker since he was a true freshman walk-on at Texas Tech. I don't think he's been the best situation last year to succeed. I'm honestly happy to see him have success against the Packers on Sunday. I don't have any hate towards the Packers either. But you cannot have Baker Mayfield come here week 18 and hoist, which is not even a real thing, the NFC title so or the NFC South division title. So we'll see how that plays out. But they, a big, colossal, monstrous matchup, really for the Green Bay Packers on Sunday in a game that they cannot lose so what peter must go right for the packers to avoid losing three straight games well uh you we don't have a, a expletive button on here so i'm going to use a different <laughs> word than i was going to say but they can't they can't pee the bed defensively like yes. that it just has to be 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 baseline normal average defense 
even be a little below average. And I just don't think Carolina can score enough points because I do think Green Bay is going to be able to run the ball. Aaron Jones back healthy. We'll see what A.J. Dillon's status is. Um, he's got a broken thumb, and that makes it really hard to carry the ball. Was not able to go last week because of that. Um, Emmanuel Wilson, who's their third string running back, um, back at practice yesterday. So that could be a potential boost. He's a really intriguing UDFA running back that they brought in. He's got some real juice. Um, really, really nifty player in the open field. Um, I think the Packers are going to be able to score more than like 14, 17 points. Um, I don't think they're going to score 30. Uh, and I think that uh, if you have any level of pride, if you believe yourself to be a, a playoff <laughs> team, you like forget Joe Barry, just go play better. And, and I think for the Packers defense, that has to be the mantra this week. Like forget the noise, forget everything, go beat a bad Panthers team and and figure out what comes next and and that that's the plan to me. So I think if the defense is just kind of meh, if they're not the story of the game, yeah, then I think the Packers win. And because I think the offense is is going to be fine. I love it if you have any level of pride, <laughs> you go out there and you beat a bad Panthers team. And honestly, you're right because this that's where you kind of do get to the point of the season where okay, you're six and eight, you lost to a Giants team that's not very good. Tommy DeVito. Right. I, I guess it's a fun story. Um, I watched his career back at Syracuse and at Illinois. Uh, at no point have I ever been impressed by Tommy DeVito. I, the only thing that's been impressive so far is the fact that he's actually playing in the NFL. That he's starting NFL games. And I know it's due to injury, but that he's even in position to start NFL games. So good for him. The jawline's pretty good, too. He's a, he's a good-looking guy, I have to say. Uh, I, okay. Uh, <laughs> he's not my type, but sure. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, Tommy DeVito, like that, that happening and then... The, the Baker Mayfield perfect passer rating. Was it the second, only the second quarterback to ever do that? Lambeau Field and the other one's Aaron Rodgers, who we yeah. know is going to have a the first game. visiting QB ever. Oh, my God. So maybe put Baker in a hole. Not Peyton Manning. That. Not Tom Brady. Not Dan Marino. I mean, no. Eli, all those years. That's, Baker I mean, Mayfield. I, not even, I guess not even all those years, but still. Um, Panthers wow. legend Baker Mayfield. Yes, for like seven games. <laughs> God bless you, Baker. We'll see you in a couple of weeks. I think for the Panthers, it's always it's funny like doing these things. It's pretty basic stuff. You don't turn the football over. You got to protect your quarterback. And I was looking at some of the numbers. I uh, looking at Pro Football Reference, and the Packers are seventh in pressure percentage this season. They're eighth in quarterback knockdown percentage and sixth in quarterback hurry percentage. The Panthers' offensive line has been in shambles all season long. I think. In large part because of, well, the injuries. They have played six different left guards and eight different right guards this season. Wow. Cade Mays, they drafted in the sixth round last year out of Tennessee, will be starting at left guard. Then Gabe Jackson, who came in the third quarter to replace a UDFA in Nash Jensen out of North Dakota State. Gabe Jackson, longtime veteran. He'll probably be out there at right guard. So there's your like 13th different guard combination of the season here in Carolina. That doesn't help Bradley Bozeman, the center, because he's playing with, next to different guys every single week and different guys throughout the game. Taylor Milton, he's been solid. He, he has been the only stalwart on the offensive line for five plus years here in Carolina. If they had five of Taylor Milton's, they would be fine. There would not be any conversations about potentially moving Ike Aquano, the left tackle, into guard. And I tell fans, it's it's not just that simple because everybody that's on your starting offensive line coming into the season last, this year is under contract next year. And a couple of those guys, looking at the way they've restructured the deals, you can't really get rid of them. So you're going to have to just figure it out. And part of the reason they've had a, a problem, too, has just been the scheme. 
when it comes to more of a wide zone run scheme. Last year, when they turned the season around, run the ball well under Steve Wilkes and get, being six and six and close to being the NFC South champions, they just went downhill. And Bradley Bozeman has been quoted to say, that's what he's more comfortable in doing. And he was quoted in that story from Joe Person, Diana Rossini from The Athletic a couple weeks ago, really shedding a light into all the mess here in Carolina. So they've been kind of doing the whole square hole, round peg kind of deal here in Carolina, or if it's vice versa, whatever. You know what I'm trying to say. It, it hasn't worked out so far this season. But they have run the ball well the last couple of weeks. Now the Packers do not have a great run defense so far this season. Uh, looking at it, they're third worst in run defense in the league. They're fourth worst in yards per attempt. Not great. The Panthers the last three weeks have averaged 155 yards on the ground, which is fourth most during that time. And they've really dedicated themselves to running the ball. And all this happens after they removed Frank Reich from, as a play caller and a head coach. And they have had 36 attempts per game the last three games, which is second most during that period of time in the NFL. So protecting Bryce, against what has been a fairly solid pass rush and be able to run the football and take some pressure off of him. That is the way the Carolina Panthers can win this game. And I brought up before last year, they played an NFC North team at home on Christmas Eve and they ran all over him. I'm looking at an NFC team from the North as well. And the Packers who is susceptible to giving up some big run yeah. plays and has struggled defensively. I don't think the Panthers are going to win this game, with Bryce Young throwing for 250 plus, which would be awesome. I think they have to run the, win the game by running the ball for over 200 yards again on Sunday afternoon. Four times this Packers defense has given up 200 yards rushing. No team has done it more than twice except them. So if there's a week for it, this is going to be the week. And remember, it was that rushing game in particular against Detroit. They dominated that line of scrimmage. Um, and that was when going into that week 18 matchup, I, I was saying all week on Lockdown Packers, I was like, you can bully this Lions front. And then, of course, the Packers didn't do that. So I think the Packers are going to win. I, I've got it like, I think 24 to 17 is a reasonable thing because I don't think the defense is going to be great. But like 17 is is a lot of points for the Panthers to score. Um, and so I think like that's that's the defense performing average to be, to below average. And and Green Bay gets a chance to uh, to get the win as a result. I don't think it's going to be like it could certainly be 31 to 17, but I, I think more likely we're looking at a close ish game. Um, the Panthers play with a little bit of pride. The Packers trying to figure things out, but need this game so, so, so much more. And I think late in the late in the season, sometimes urgency is is really the only difference you need. I also think there's a pretty clear talent discrepancy here. So that that's where I am. And we'll be live after the game to talk about it on YouTube. The Lockdown Packers YouTube. Go subscribe. We'd love you to do that. Yeah, and, and I don't disagree at all. I think this is a game the Packers absolutely should win and probably will win. I know the line uh, looking at FanDuel is at five, a favor of the Packers here on the road. Open at five and, and a half, so it's gone down. And, and also knowing that Packer fans travel, we, we've seen what it's looked like in the stands here in Carolina, maybe in the stocking, uh, the people are going to find some tickets that are Panther fans to go to the game on Sunday. I don't know if there's going to be enough of them to be able to nullify the amount of Packer fans that will be in the stands on Sunday. So it's going to be probably a pseudo home game for Green Bay, which I'm sure the Packers are pretty used to across the NFL, but especially coming down here to Carolina, look at the state of the franchise and where the fan base is at. And it's not a criticism of the fan base. David Tepper, this is your fault. This is your doing. And well, until you fix it, this is just going to be the reality. Um, but yeah, I think Green Bay probably will win this game. But the Panthers defensively, they can keep them in it. They've done it the last couple of weeks. New Orleans only at 207 yards uh, total. Atlanta at 204 total. I don't. I think the Packers probably have more than that. The Panthers' defense have shown that they they can keep the offense in the game. The offense just has to do something 
to take it and go out there and actually win the game. But I think Green Bay probably wins. But I could see the Panthers maybe losing this game by four, maybe maybe a field goal. So we'll see uh, how it goes on Sunday afternoon. But it's going to wrap up this edition of Locked On Panthers and Locked On Packers, presented by our friends over at Pride Picks, our Locked On NFL Crossover Thursday partner. I'm Julian Council, those of Locked On Panthers. Follow me on Twitter at Julian Council. He is Peter Bukowski, those of Locked On Packers. Follow him on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. And check us out live on YouTube after the game, respectively, on Locked On Panthers YouTube channel and the Locked On Packers YouTube channel. But in the meantime, y'all, be safe, be happy, be whole. Enjoy the rest of your weekend, and we'll talk to you on Christmas Eve. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.